out of this world. Do you want to have it your mind so blown? Sick. Do you want to have your mind blown? I would love to. Go, go look up um, Texas high school football gyms, locker rooms, and weight rooms. They look like professional level shit. Oh my god, I bet. For high school. Texas high school locker. So you better not be walking me into like no, a I'm felony not. charge for no. <laughs> something shady. Dude, it's <laughs> crazy. I just like how I just, I'm typing high school locker rooms in on Google and just expecting <laughs> to not no, you get gotta, You have to put Texas high school football locker oh, rooms. Very specific with the high school locker room here, or else yeah, you just, FBI's you gonna just be kicked out the door. They just kept saying, high school locker room. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Yeah, well, he fucked him. Well, it looks like you guys are short a team member because now yeah. I am going to jail because of a Google search. <laughs> I am I am now blacklisted somewhere because I forgot to put the, the Texas, Texas part high, the high school locker Texas room. Texas high school. <laughs> Mike had a jail just on principle now. Oh, Jesus. Happy New Year, you bastards. Welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast. I am your host, Five Devotion to White, Tyler. And joining me, as always, is the guy who unchained Pelucranos, Matt. Matt, what is going on, man? <laughs> Nothing. Happy New Year, dude. Yeah, I haven't years. talked to you since last, last year. year. Last decade, last, even. Last decade. <laughs> Wild, right? Fucking it's bananas. It's been 10 years. <laughs> or yeah, it's actually been like a day and a half. <laughs> but still yeah well how was your uh how's your new year's eve man pretty good i went over to a friend's house for three hours or home at like 10 uh the dogs are sick oh that's right and they were puking and shitting in my house and i did not want to leave them here and make them suffer either shitting everywhere and come yeah. home to that or them try to hold it so yeah what a way to spend your last few moments of uh 2019 like nothing uh, quite like picking up dog shit and piss and vomit. <laughs> there was no picking it up. It was liquid. <laughs> so thank fucking thank fuck we have that uh, little mini like scrubber. Ah. Uh. So what it does is like one side of the tank is this cleaning agent that gets out stains and smells and sure. works awesome. And the other side's like it, that's where it goes. That's the reservoir. Yeah. So, so you didn't literally. Have to actually physically touch no the i dog did I had, piss and shit and vomit. no it was no, no piss but shit and vomit yes <laughs> so yeah because oh, that I makes did, it a lot better <laughs> you're right fucking close your ears folks who don't want to hear me talk about this i had to take a paper towel multiple paper towels and like scrape it into a pile and like try to scoop as much of it up as i could <laughs> put it in like a walmart bag and take it outside it smelled like oh and that's great i cleaned it i cleaned it this is like one spot i cleaned it I cleaned it again. I cleaned it again. I let stuff soak in it for like an hour. I scrubbed the fuck out of it. And then I cleaned it one more time. That's great. Yeah. Wow. What a way to end 2019. Really going out worse. with bang. Yeah, it was worse New Year's Day. One shitty night. Finn, my boxer, um, like four, never has accidents ever. No, Finn's and, a good boy. And I woke up to just... <laughs> And stream of <laughs> shit. I literally don't think he can hold. He could oh, hold it any longer. Guy. Well, he's feeling like, better now, right? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, they're starting to. Good. That was at like six thirty New Year's Day. Oh, so that was like the first thing you did uh, of twenty twenty. Yes. Well, I mean, it's been a shitty year so far for you, but he can only go up from here. I honestly don't mind doing it. Like I know that they don't feel good. I don't know what the de- I think it's Diardia still, but that's like that's your that's your parenting instincts kicking in. These are my pride and joys. That's how I feel about Bud, too. I literally like my dogs more than every other person, including myself. 
Oh yeah, my dog is like one thousand percent the most important creature on the planet. It's and it's not close. It, but hey, <laughs> so your New Year's Eve might have been shitty. Uh, mine wasn't too bad though. <laughs> I kind of did the same thing as I do for every holiday, where uh, I go hang out with the family, and it's as is canon now for the show. The, my family professional drinkers. Um, so we did that thing. Except for I, I calmed it down. I only had a few beers because I had to drive home and I did have to take care of Bud. But after the ball dropped, went home and then. I uh, got a good night's sleep and did not, for the first time in a very long time, for at least as long as I can remember, I woke up on a New Year's Day not hungover. Yeah, I was sober as a bird. Yeah, so I, had... I started 2020 not hungover, which is a great omen for this year. <laughs> I started 2020 playing Call of Duty. Also a decent omen. <laughs> yeah. Or a really bad one. <laughs> that you're just starting was... off an addiction. It's just going to ride that wave all the way into the... The next decade. Yeah, I had two glasses of wine and a beer. Oh, so you were drinking fancy. No, that winery's super close to my house. In a oh, that's right, that's right. Uh, I signed up for that membership, so I get yeah wine for been like free tasting. So I'm there. Ain't I love going to drink that wine. Place. No, it's it's a nice mix up. It gives me one hell of a hangover if I drink too much. That's why but you drink like, like... like a glass or two, and I'm I'm I usually in the clear. Yeah. It's a sugar content. I don't eat sugar. Like, I don't drink sugar. Like, you know me. I don't, like, I never, I seldom drink a soda. The only carbonated beverage I drink are beer and LaCroix. My favorite uh, carbonated beverage is actually. See, I can't drink ginger ale unless I'm sick. I fucking like my love go-to ginger ale. Thing. Oh, I love ginger ale. I don't know why. I never did for this time. And then something clicked and I was like, I fucking loved it. Well, you, I also burnt myself out on ginger ale in college. Um, But, so, have you ever. You're, are you? Did you? Are you? Do you drink gin at all, or have you drank gin? Fuck no. Oh, I love it. So there's like this cheap, disgusting. Like it's like eleven dollars. It's like nine to a twelve dollars per bottle of like Seagram's gin, but they have a peach flavored one. That's and disgusting. I don't know how I figured it out, but if you mix the peach Seagram's gin with ginger ale, it tastes exactly like a peach drink. Hmm. Yeah. And I got that actually sounds shit. delicious. It's so good, man. Oh my god, it's so good. I haven't had one in it was probably like since I've been like 21. That was like my pre 20 because I was like, oh well, I'll give this person ten dollars and they'll go buy me a bottle of gin and then I can go buy my own uh, ginger ale and then it just yeah. mixed that concoction together and then just got went to somebody's party at college and yeah woke up on somebody's floor. Sounds about right. Or in somebody's bed or on the streets or somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds correct. Drinking fucking gin. Yeah. Oh my god, I love gin so much. It's like it's like drinking a tree. It's like drinking pine needles. Yep, gin and tonics or chewing on a pine cone. Yeah, I love it. Oh goodness, sign me up. Something so refreshing about a nice gin and tonic. No. Makes you feel like James Bond. Sounds disgusting. I don't want oh, any part so of good. that. So good. Anybody out there who likes gin and tonics? <laughs> Represent. Go fuck yourself. Well, if you like gin and tonics. And you also like Magic the Gathering, then this is the podcast for comment. you. <laughs> this is the podcast for. Or if you hate Janatonic and you do like Magic the Gathering, then you could be on Matt's side of this argument. But the I guess the common denominator in that is that at some point we're going to talk about magic in 2020. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about some magic. Or maybe that is that is just where the the future of the podcast is. We're just nope, not all of 2020. We're putting magic on the back burner. Uh, maybe we'll mention it once or twice. You know, it'd be, it would be really funny to do an entire podcast, not mention magic once and then just sign off. That is going to be great. And that'll be like our, that's going to be our one year episode. 
April will not Fools. Ma- mention magic once. April Fools. Oh, 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 that's really good. Okay, yep. Mark your calendars, kids. April Fools' Day is going to be the Fetch and Chuck non-magic magic podcast. Yeah, I like it. God, I love that. Well, we have a few months till then, so I guess we could probably talk about magic now, right? We probably could, yeah. Yeah, and as as was last year, which is again this year, it's spoiler season. It is spoiler season. God, do I, and I love it. I was off spoiler season last year. I got kind of worn, worn out by it, but now we're back on the train, and I am fully on board. I know I said that 2020 was going to be the year of negativity, but then I saw some of these cards. I'm like, nope, can't do it. I can maybe fulfill some of the other obligations that I set for myself for 2020, but the negativity thing, I just can't fucking do. Because some of these cards are fucking dope. They're so good. Yeah, some are pretty good for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so excited let's, I mean, to we have a good uh, amount. draft that set. Yeah, we have a good amount of cards that we want to talk about. Um, so let's start with kind of uh, where we left off last time we were talking about the spoilers. Um, and the first card that I can think of was the card that was released on... Christmas Eve, which was a uh, Clothis? God of Destiny. It was the pack. Da, da, da. Little Jack Black action. Great what movie. A, what a classic film. Now he does like love moves, like the holiday. That's so All cute. Right. So what's this bozo do? Okay, so Clothis. I think that's pronounced right. Sure, why if not? Not, we're probably going to end up butchering 90% of these names because they're all real fucky. Yeah, it's all. Unless we've seen them before, there's no way we're getting them right. Yeah, but true. But Clothis. Um, God of Destiny, um, is, is, a, it's a god, very obviously. So it is one red green for a four five. It is a legendary enchantment creature god. And, uh, we're going to be talking about gods a decent amount this episode. So I guess we could preface it now where all of the gods are legendary creature enchantments, um, slash god, slash gods. So they are all indestructible and they all are creatures that are also enchantments, but on the battlefield, they are not creatures unless you have a certain amount of devotion to the colors that they are. So for the two-color gods, you have to have seven devotion um, of either of, of total the colors. So this one, you have to have a total devotion of seven for either or for red and green. And if you he don't, counts himself. As... Yes, and it does count itself. So it comes in with two devotion. So if you need nothing five else present, other devotion to red and green. Yes. And if you don't meet that criteria, then it's just an enchantment and it maintains its abilities. That's important for like removal spells and stuff. Like you can't like path to exile one of these guys if you don't have the devotion. Correct. Yeah. And uh, th- like th- that was somewhat relevant last time around. But there was also a lot of like exile target enchantment kind of deals going on. So like yeah, it can be relevant. Maybe the same for the limit portion, mm-hmm. but that sort of stuff doesn't really see play in constructed unless it's like, like exile target permanent or whatever. Yeah. So um, so, when we talk yeah, read about this God, bitch. When we talk about gods, uh, we're not going to go through the entire thing. Just know that when we're talking about them, uh, we're skipping that part of that you need the devotion because we'll that's say just the number. Yeah. We'll say devotion X for blue or red, green or yeah. fucking pink and yellow. Sure. So this one, uh, devotion seven for red, green. Um, and at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase. Exile target card from a green. If it was a land, you can add a red or a green. Otherwise, you gain two life, and uh, Clothis deals two damage to each opponent. And this guy is a four or five. For three mana, that will either A, ramp you, or yeah. B, drain and gain for two. And my thing with this is... Well, not quite is, drain and gain. Well, it's a, it's a life swing for two. Yeah. 
And my thing with this, uh, this god is, it is, like, this ability to interact with a graveyard, you, like, you never, ever see out of red. Yeah, pretty much never. Yeah, and we were talking before, you see it in green occasionally with things like scavenging ooze, but, like, outside of, like, a Graftigger's Cage-style thing, um, you never get really interaction with a graveyard. So, at worst, this guy's ramping you, and at best, you're taking an important piece of a graveyard out of your opponent's graveyard. And then a four point life swing. I think this is my prediction. This is going to be good in standard um, to fight the escape mechanic. Yeah, that's, yeah, I definitely can see that happening. And low to the ground aggressive. Yeah, because it can't just reach three mana top and and just finish them off. Yeah, not only that, if three mana and your devotion's up, you play this guy on turn three, um, you make some mana with him, and then you play another creature and you smash for. He turns on at a four or five on turn four. Yeah. Generally, you're going to play a one drop, probably going to play a two drop. But this is your three drop. So it's possible to turn this guy on uh, by turn four and smash for, sure. for a fair amount of damage. And especially in red green, there's a lot of those red green two drops. And honestly, you could even ramp this dude out with, um, I don't know, like goose or something like that. Yeah, so, for sure. You, that's definitely something. I wasn't even thinking about this in a standard context, but that's very, very true. I think that's only where that it's going to be. That's where it's going to shine. That and oh man, my thing is, I think this card is going to be like a very, very powerful card in Pioneer, and I do think it has potential to see modern play because in like a burn deck or something like this, you're going to be filling your graveyard with with spells, and a lot of the time, the burn deck just needs that extra like couple points of damage to from finish off a graveyard. It says a graveyard, yeah. So a graveyard. Just, that's like, oh, different. I just spent the I just spent the first four turns of the game like bolting you and and lava spiking you and X Y Z. I have five burn spells in my graveyard. I land this guy, and then over the course of the next two or three turns, I'm just like, oh, exile my lava spike and get you. Exile my other thing, get you. A graveyard. That's mm-hmm. diff- that's a game changer. Yeah, that's. I huge, assumed man. opponent. I don't know why, but okay, that's a lot different. Yeah, yeah this that, thing's that's that makes the difference for me for sure. Yeah, that's definitely better than what I was thinking. Like this okay. makes the pioneer uh, burn deck. I think it almost like forces you to splash green, which kind of sucks. But like this card's very powerful. Well, not only that, you can just play like the red green. You can just make like, a, like the a rampy deck, or like not red even green, green monsters. Like red green aggro. Is what they called, yeah, red green monsters standard. Mm-hmm. or Jun monsters well during um, the standard there was the red green devotion deck where it was pretty much just a green devotion but they used red for like like uh the wrath the three mana wrath uh anger of the gods and stuff like that like the mono green ramp deck that was in standard that literally yeah. played blue for oko and uh the flying jellyfish yes exactly like that whatever the fuck its name is um it's uh uh hydro crisis that one but this card is so good i think just the, the ability to interact with your opponent's graveyard if it's necessary because of the, the escape cards or anything like that, even in a context that isn't just this, isn't just standard, uh, like modern, like being able to just get like a, a good snapcaster target away from your opponent or in a dredge sense, just getting away like a dredger or any other deck that co- could possibly have some interaction. Because like even the Urza decks now are playing the that one legendary Merfolk and Emery. getting like their one mana target, their good one mana target that they milled over with this, that's that seems doable. And just the four point life swing is that's nothing to shrug at. Yeah, it's not nothing. It's just 
since I don't, this card's good. It's, yeah, this card's sweet. The art's pretty dope. Unlike this next motherfucker, this art I hate. Oh, see, I love this art. Um, we had a conversation about this before. Um, that the old art is very good. This art is, I think, it translates different to a card. But I have seen like the larger painting of it, at least online. I have, uh, and the larger painting is awesome. But I, I guess we could say what the card is. <laughs> it is our good friend Gary from previous Theros, Gray Merchant of Asphodel. Gary for short, because that's a long name, and I hate it. Yeah, so this thing is a 2-4 zombie for 3 black black, and it has, whenever it enters the battlefield, each opponent loses X life, and you gain X life, where X is equal to your devotion to black. Yes. This card was the finisher in, like, the mono-black devotion deck. This thing's big and proper. Yeah. This used to be a common. It got bumped up to uncommon. Yes, it did get because of the power level of the card. Yeah. So no matter what, you can play this turn five with nothing else. You drain a gain for two, and, and you, get a you two have four. a two-four body. Yeah, which is fine. But like that's worst case scenario. Best case scenario, it's like a six-point-seven point life swing, and you're like yeah, either yeah. killing your opponent or getting them damn close to killing your opponent. Yeah, and either blinking this dude or playing multiples generally game over. It's a very, very strong card. In very my powerful. initial thought, too, was, well, um, is this... I mean, we, we already knew that Devotion was a thing, was going to be a mechanic. Um, and thinking back to the previous time that we had Devotion in Standard, that Standard for, format was pretty much ruled by the two devo the two big Devotion decks. I would say two to three big Devotion decks. It, it was like... Blue and black. Were yeah, it was like ones. the two top ones were, like you said, the blue vo blue Devotion, black Devotion, and then like tier 1.5 of that was the green-red Devotion. And then yeah, I the think the, in that tier you also had like the blue-white control deck. Um, but I saw this card and immediately was just like, oh, oh, that's something. And I went back and looked at some of the cards that we have with in black, some of the creatures that we have in black uh, in the coming set. And there are actually some really, really powerful ones. Like, yeah, we have... devotion is a very strong mechanic. Oh, for it, sure. It leads into playing generally monocolor or mostly monocolor and splashing. Yeah. So, but, and it's only the thing is with it, it's only as powerful as the permanents that are in that form. Yes. But with this, like you think of the previous one, the, the, the two cards that come to mind from that deck, well, I guess three cards that come to mind from that deck are uh, Desecration Demon which was like the big beater finisher in that deck. Pack Rats, which was something that in long games, you just ran away with it, and it could just like aggro you out. And then the... Yeah, uh, turn two Pack Rat, Rat, followed by turn three, make a Pack Rat, mm -hmm. followed by turn four, make a Pack Rat. Yeah, that's pretty good. But but And then uh, Night Vale uh, Spectre, which was just your boost for Devotion. Um, we have stuff very similar to all of those cards available in this coming standard. The pack rat one is uh, the replacement is a Piper of the Swarm, which is from Eldraine, and it's two mana for a one three, and you can just make rats with it. Which Definitely is scaled back, but probably yeah. for the best thing. Pack it's scaled back for ridiculous. the power level, yeah. Um, we also have the Desecration Demon replacement, which is the uh, Clackbridge Troll, which has a very similar ability. Instead of being a six six flyer, though, it's an eight eight with Trample and Haste. But like, that's the thing. So that's the thing where they can. Sack they a creature, can, yeah. you tap, and you tap it, but you also draw a card in game three. Yep, and uh, um, okay. they went into the battlefield. For limited. Your opponent uh, gets three goats. 
Oh, one oh, goat. No. Not goats. No, they have to sacrifice the goats. But like, it, it one either it's going to draw you cards into more gas, or it's going to stick around and you just get to swing for an eight-eight trample haste. Seems good. And our Night Vale Specter replacement is the um, Ayara uh, First of Lockwain, which is the uh, black, black, black two-three legendary creature that says. Um, whenever it or another black creature enters the battlefield under your control, each opponent loses a life and gains a life. Now, it doesn't have evasion like Nightfall Spectre did, and it doesn't have the ability that Nightfall Spectre did, but it's still a powerful card. Aren't there those from uh, Throne of Eldraine, the four-mana hybrid cards? Is there a black yes, one of those? Yes, there are those. And, but that's an instant speed spell, or sorcery speed spell. No, there's like a white-black creature. Oh, yes, those and those do. That's actually a really good point. Those do also count towards, add towards your devotion. Devotion, yeah. Which That's was the Night Bell Spectre. Yeah, so there's those too. Yeah, so and even down shit. to even down to before they had Heroes Downfall as like the primary removal spell. We literally have Murderous Rider. Is a thousand which, percent better. Which is yes, it the swift end part of it is exactly destroy target creature or planeswalker, except for you lose two life, which is fine, but. Hey, Gary's going to gain all that shit back. Gary's going to gain that life back. And you could only cast um, Hero's Downfall as a spell. This you can cast as a spell. And then next turn, you can just bring it back as a as a 1-3 lifelinker. Or as a, as a 3 mana 2-3 lifelinker. Seems pretty good. Like, I think that Devotion deck might be sweet. Yeah, and you could play some of your 1-drops, like the Cauldron Familiar. Or some of those zombies that are just like a 2-1 comes into play tap. Just some shit like yeah, that. there's definitely always room for just like dirtily little idiots in those decks just to get you to the point where you just get a bunch of devotion, cast Gary, kill your opponent. Or just get in there early. Yeah, just back, to whittle them down. And then, yeah, and then finish them. So Gary's, Gary's strong. Yeah, I'm interested to see what else comes from this as far as devotion goes. Because if that's kind of back on the menu for standard, I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah. I really okay. like that standard form. So these two cards, um, the blue one, I'll let you talk about because I'm talking about the one right above it. Yes, okay, that yeah. one. Sure. Um, so to move on from the next one, um, this is one that I definitely wanted to bring up because I, it's a nice little, I guess, kind of completion of a cycle, or at least the next iteration of a cycle. It is Thirst for Meaning, and it is a three-mana instant speed spell for two and a blue. And it says, draw three cards, then dis discard two cards, unless you discard an enchantment card. And so for those of you out there who have been playing Magic for a little bit of time, uh, might remember a card called Thirst for Knowledge, which is this exact card, except for instead of an enchantment to discard, you have to discard an artifact. And Thirst for Knowledge was a sweet draw spell for a long time. Like, that's that was a cube, like a vintage cube card. That's how I play in Vintage for a while. And it did see play in Vintage for a while, because that card is very powerful. Sure, the enchantment thing versus the artifact thing kind of makes this one a little bit worse, but this card's going to be a standard all-star for sure. Yeah, this will see a lot of play, especially with all these enchantments. So mm -hmm. um, there's not a whole lot to say about this. It's very good. It's a good card draw. Um, the best part is the choice. You can choose to fill your graveyard. And that was going to be my next point. Yeah, you could just discard two enchantments if you really wanted to. Yeah, there's a good there's a good amount of time that you can just be like, oh, well, I have these escape cards in my hand, or I have these cards that in my graveyard already that just need more fodder for escape. I'm just going to fill up the yard. Yeah, this basically puts three cards in your graveyard for you, yeah. and you get to draw draw three off of it, which is big. 
Instant speed is also nice. Oh, for uh, sure. This plays well with counter spells. Um, you can hold up counter spells. They don't do anything. You get to just draw fire some cards players. and filter. Yep. Not much. It's going to be nice to card. be able to be like, oh, uh, just to be able to say uh, three mana thirst, draw three. Like having that feeling again in a standard is going to be so sweet. It's going to be so yes, good. I would agree with you. All right. Which one did you want to talk about? Underworld Breach. <laughs> Oopsies. Oopsies. All right. Wizards done fucked up. Oh, boy. Yep. You go ahead. You tell them, bud. <laughs> this is basically a more modern version with it makes it an escape Yogmoth's will. So this one is one red for an enchantment. And this enchantment reads, each non-land card in your graveyard has this. The escape cost is equal to the card's mana cost plus exile three other cards from your graveyard. At the beginning of the end step, sacrifice Underworld Breach. <laughs> Standard, this probably won't be all that great. It'll be decent. Yeah, I mean, we don't know the context of the rest of the set quite yet. But I am inclined to agree with that, that it's just not going to be as impactful and standard as it's going to be in uh, maybe some more eternal formats. This card is meant to be broken. Have you heard of Lion's Eye Diamond? Have you heard of Blacklist? Have you heard of Ancestral Reef? Well, if anybody has like, ever resolved a Yawgmoth's Will before... You just win the game. This is not Yawgmoth. It is no. really not. It does require some... But... It, but... It, doesn't take that much. Yogmoth's will is powerful enough that if you had to work for a Yogmoth's will, even for two to three cards, it is really worth it. Yeah, I think exiling three cards to ancestral recall, pretty good. Or exiling three cards to either get an LED or a Lion's Eye Diamond. I think this um, card was made with Lion's Eye Diamond and Echo of Eons in mind. Ooh, I like that. Just like. A, uh, I could see a legacy deck playing this, like LEDs, like a blue, red, like storm kind of deck. Yes, 100%. Um, Belcher, sure a little bit of Narset in that mix. Belcher comes to mind more so than anything else. Yeah, and that was that was the also the deck I was going to mention because when we first saw this card spoiled, I did the immediate second that I saw this, I text, I took a screenshot of it, sent it to you, Matt, and said, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, that's what I sent back. I was like, "I saw that wizard's fucked up." Yeah, I I'm interested to see exactly how powerful this card is, but. Just reading it and thinking of some of the degenerate things you can do is far like from a combo aspect of this card. Uh, this thing could get out of hand very quickly. Yeah, imagine this with wheel effects and oh, yeah. just you just get to go off. Especially wheel effects like you mentioned, uh, Echo of the Eons, but that shuffles your graveyard in. If you're thinking about like true wheel effects where well, they're that... filling your graveyard, whoa. I'm saying you get to play some LEDs, some rituals, mm -hmm. uh, crack your LED. So you discard your hand, including Echo of E. You exile some of the rituals, get to play LED again. Uh, you crack LED for another three mana. Mm -hmm. Play Echo of Eons. You draw seven cards. Well, I mean, do you think this just fits like perfectly? Like, is this just one of the best cards in Modern Storm right now? This card in Modern Storm, it honestly might be, I don't want to say better than... Than Passive uh, Flames past in flames but i want to test it for sure yeah it definitely seems worth the worth the the effort because it does seem in theory like it could just be the best card in that deck yeah just being able to oh hey i'm fizzling okay well I'll cast fucking grape shot again i can see you just jamming a million spells in your deck and cantrips and just like going off with this card 
like with rituals and stuff like that, like you might just play this over gifts on given. It's entirely possible. Like you had that is a real thing, which is wild to me because gifts on given is such a powerful magic. I don't think four is would be a correct number, but I'm no. excited for this card. This is probably my favorite card in the set thus far. Oh boy. That's a Just bold be, strategy, Cotton. Well, I'm a fucking degenerate. Yeah, so. you're right. That's okay. This this does fit your scheme. Well, if 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 we are going just by our uh, our archetypes as human beings, that people should know. Um, yeah, I think people could have guessed that this is your card, and I think people have already guessed what is mine. <laughs> yeah, Heliod is your favorite. But we I will like, get to that yeah, later. <laughs> we'll get to Homeboy. Um, so one of my favorite fucking lands is back. Hold on. Mm. Let's talk about some stuff. Uh, you want to talk about those fucking dildos, whatever. Let's you... talk about this card first, because I think this card um, is really disappointing. Which card? <laughs> Storm's Wrath. This is the first card that we have talked about thus far, where uh, the the, negati- the negativity of 2020 is, is going to rear its head. It is so Storm's Wrath. Let's let's get the, uh, the description of the card out of the way before I shit all over it. Um, it is four mana, two and two red for a sorcery spell. Uh, Storm's Wrath deals four damage to each creature in each planeswalker. So admirable wizards to try to listen to us when we said that maybe in 2020 we could print some things that interact with planeswalkers a little bit better. It was a good effort on your behalf. You fucking failed miserably. Well, this is my theory. I think this is read the card for and why I, I, I did. Just they did what they did. Oh. I zoned out, so I didn't have to listen to you. <laughs> I like how you're just not, you just, you're just, every time I start talking, you're just, so <laughs> I think that this, they didn't want to go too ridiculous. I don't think they wanted to say one red or one black, destroy target. I think that would have been too, I think this is a fair start to see how it can gauge the power level and how it actually works. So you're saying that that would have been more ridiculous than a three mana planeswalker that is unbeatable. It's not unbeatable. It's just hard to beat on the ground. Well, there's been multiple creatures that or multiple planeswalkers that have been printed recently at three mana that are just like turn the game into an unfun experience. Oko is one. Three mana Teferi is one. Narset is another one. And conveniently enough, this only kills one of them. It only kills Narset. And it doesn't even kill Narset if you uh, don't activate her. This kills. Oh no, it doesn't kill Teferi. He pluses for two. Yep. He pluses. So this, so first of all, here's my two gripes with it. And I think that's what makes this card so embarrassingly bad. And I could be totally wrong. Mark it, mark it down if I'm wrong. But one, it does not kill the two planes or the three planeswalkers. If you play around it, it doesn't kill the three planeswalkers that it should be meant to kill. The three mana ones that come down were like the turn before you cast it. It doesn't kill Oko because Oko goes above this. It doesn't kill Teferi if you plus Teferi because it goes above four. And it doesn't kill Narset if you minus if you don't minus Narset. You know what it Let's does kill though? Honest. Every single creature up to that point that should be dealing with these creatures, these planeswalkers that are not dealing with these planeswalkers because these planeswalkers are too good. It Maybe kills this wasn't all of made the to kill planeswalkers. Maybe this was meant to supplement the literal planeswalkers. Oh, so it's just built to make planeswalkers better. Maybe. But it, it kind of the planeswalkers. Which then you can't ultimate as fast. Sure, but it still I don't wraps know. the board of ways to interact with those planeswalkers. Like, the, the card that was meant to deal with planeswalkers before this was Questing Beast. You know what this thing kills? Questing Beast. Yes. What? What? Wizards, what the fuck? Oh, well, I hate this card. 
first of all, this wouldn't be practice. I hate it. This is for standard. Let's be very honest. Okay, and if they did something that could interact with planeswalkers in other formats, that'd be great. But also, they do. It's called fucking counters. Yeah, but you don't want to have to only play blue to in order to interact with planeswalkers. You don't play like that's a bad game. Creatures, but creatures don't deal with planeswalkers anymore. Like, Teferi bounces them. Sure, Narset, but, like, against creature decks, Narset doesn't do anything. But Oko really fucking puts a hurting on creature decks. Teferi is pretty much insulated against creature decks by itself. And Narset doesn't matter. So, like, what was this card designed to do? Because it doesn't do anything that I feel like it's supposed to be designed to do well at all. If it was just straight up four mana, four damage to each Planeswalker, that would even be better. Yeah, you're... I don't know. It might have been made for Jeskai. I don't fucking know. Oh, I hate this card. Not because it kills creatures, but because it I don't think it does what it is designed to do. That might be the case. I don't think they thought Oko was going to be as good as they or as it is. Yeah, but even if that was the case, now that they do have the information that Oko is good, like they could have just went back and made this like 3 mana. Even then that makes it a little bit better. And yeah, like I think that's a bit strong, 3 mana, 4 to everything. You could do 3 mana deal 2 to creatures, 4 to planeswalkers. Could do that. That would be fine. Like, I'd be happier with that. I'm just 0% happy with a, with a card that is in its current iteration. Or do two sucks. damage to each creature, destroy target planes, or destroy a planeswalker. Ooh, right. that would be fuck, good. Or destroy, like, up card. two two target planeswalkers. I want to talk about my favorite, most balanced, um, that I think have ever been printed. If you've ever listened to me talk about these, you know that I'm actually very on this. I wouldn't care if they printed these every single set. Oh, these are standard These forever. are my favorite lands in a standard form and it's by a significant margin so these are the temples yes. so what they do um they all add two mana one mana of either color they enter the battlefield tapped but when they enter the battlefield you scry one so there's a red green one a blue black a red red black uh blue white uh what's the other one there's uh, one more the red black there's the demir one or the blue or the green white one the temple of planet oh green white yeah so and this this actually lands. completes the cycle. Now we have all ten of them in standard. Yeah, and these are by far the most balanced. Yep. Ever. They're not actual to be fetched. They enter mm-hmm. tapped, but you get a little bit of a bonus in coming in tapped. Yeah, they're not completely useless as a tap land, um, but they aren't so powerful that it, it just it's so it's slanted. Yeah, these are nice. Uh, you have a little bit of a shaky hand, but you get a free scry off a land drop, which lets you see an extra card, might hit a land drop, might hit a spell, helps dig late game. Yeah. I'm in for these. I like these. Yeah, so fuck Storm's Wrath. Fuck that card. But the temples, yeah, great inclusion. <laughs> it really would be good. weird if they didn't have the temples. Yeah, and, well, and also speaking of lands that they're bringing back, uh, Field of Rune is in the set. It's true, I did see that. That is pretty sick. I really like Field of Rune. Because I, I saw that, and he said it, but they're like, can we bring Field of the Dead back now? <laughs> what is this was the fail safe for a field of the dead was too good and they're just like oh wait Ooh, no field of the dead is really too good so <laughs> field of the ruin boom we're back baby back to destroying non-basics just as as richard garfield intended everybody's oh, favorite wait. standard legal wasteland that would have to be wasteland oh it's, it's standard legal wasteland wasteland was standard legal at one point <laughs> okay that's fair you're right i am i stand corrected <laughs> modern standard legal wasteland fair i will be more specific you better be but, in, okay, so let's move from uh, the standard, let's move from a 60-card constructed to a 100-card singleton constructed format. Um, 
What do you think about Nick's Lotus, Matt? It will probably be in every single Commander deck from here till end of time. At least like single and double colored Commander decks. I agree with that. Yeah, or not so, at least not spell-based ones. So I have a feeling this was instead of, uh, what's that land? Nykthos, Shrine to Nyx, Nykthos, and I agree with yeah. you 100%. So this is Nyx Lotus. The art on this is incredible. I love it. I want to buy one of the art. Yo, this is going to look freaking gorgeous in foil. I hate foils. This is going to look absolutely stunning in foil. With the sky in the background and the Lotus being all like purple and like like looks like it's kind of like it, it's emitting some energy and stuff and it's like rainbow color and shit oh this is gonna look fucking dope and foil so like every lotus it adds you choose a color tap choose a color add an amount of mana of that color equal to your devotion to that color yes and it enters the battlefield tapped and it is four mana it's a legendary artifact too yes so not quite a lotus um but it but it could lotus. add more it does do lotus type things yes you and don't have I to was... you don't have to pay two like you did yeah. on the shrine but this does cost four mana it comes into play tapped so and what but i really like this card from... what i liked about this was uh it says like it enters about a tap short which is fine i don't in commander games i don't think that's going to make a significant impact no not at all no but it does say choose a color and then you add mana equal to that chosen color. So you don't have to choose the color when it enters the battlefield. You do That's you pretty tap neat. It. So that so. makes it usable in more than just monocolor deck. I actually, I'm going to retract. I don't think this is you play in Commander. I think this is also going to be in Pioneer. Because there's currently the deck that just pumps out mana with the, the tap, untap shit. It's, oh! It is, what's that? That's a hot take. The Lotus Field, I think it is. Yes, the the, the Lotus Land. Yeah, whatever that one is. It's, it's Lotus Field. Lotus. Yep, you're right. Yeah, Lotus Field and uh, Thespian. And this yeah. is just another way to make stupid mana quick. Well, I lied. That's mostly all spells. So, yeah, nix that. Get it? Nix oh, it? So, wait, hot take revoked. Yes, nix it. <laughs> nick, oh, nick, nix it? Yeah, I had to say Nixon. it four times before you fucking got it. Oh, I see what you did there. I see it. Listen, look at you. You got some jokes. <laughs> uh, Commander All-Star. Next card. Oh, yeah. This this card's going to see hella play in Commander. This is probably yeah. going to... It might very well be the best Commander card out of this. Yes, probably. So from the uh, the best Commander card out of the set to the best Modern Dredge card out of the set, going from a very large scope to a very niche scope, <laughs> um, let's talk about Ox of... Agnosis or Agonis? Agonis. There's not an end in there. You're right. It's Ox of Agonis. This card is is a is something. So it is a five mana four two. It's a it's a creature ox, if that mattered. Um so for three and two red, you get a four two that says whenever it enters the battlefield, you discard your hand and then draw three cards. But it that also seems has... really good with dredge. Yeah, that's that seems really, really good. Especially because you're discarding your hand and then you just dredge, and then you also dredge, and then you dredge again. The five mana fucking useless. Don't pay attention to that. Yeah, the no, next no, part no. is the important part. Yeah, so this card also has escape. It's, it's the escape cost is two red, and then exile eight other cards uh, from your graveyard, which is pretty steep. But I don't think it actually matters. And no, then it dredge, also it no. enters the battlefield. Uh, if it was if it escapes, it enters the battlefield with uh, a plus one plus one counter on it. So it is a five three for two mana and eight cards. For two mana and uh, yeah, eight cards that are probably. Uh, not incredibly important at that point. But yeah, we already kind of mentioned the part that I think makes this card a very valuable card for Dredge is that when you escape it, you are discarding your hand and then you just get to Dredge three more times. When it enters, yeah. 
yeah, that is some very, very powerful stuff. Yeah, quite um, good. Notable, it will be like one of the only cards in Dredge that when you activate it, um, it's like you can counter it, which it was something you could do with Hogak. You could interact it with it on the stack. This, you can also interact it on the stack because the escape is just an, a different mana cost. So that's something to keep an eye out for. But I think like that risk of that is just super outweighed by the benefit that this card is most likely going to give. Yeah, this is going to see some play, I think. It might not even just be in Dredge. It might uh, kind of see some play in the, uh, like Phoenix-style decks. Oh, this might give some some Phoenix style lists a little bit more edge. I guess like Phoenix esque. I would not call them Phoenix anymore because I don't think that card's very good. Um, but I could see like a um, mono like blue red blue spells. red yeah blue red or red. A blue red spells deck could definitely utilize this. I think in a very powerful way. Yeah, I wish it Especially... had some sort of form of evasion. Honestly, I think it would be so good if it had I like. I think it would trample. be might be too good with some form of evasion. I think. You think just giving it trample? trample might be the one that would be fine i think because yeah, i'm not three... like trying to get this motherfucker flying or maybe if when it escapes it gets a plus one plus one counter and if it has a plus one plus one counter it has trample also that'd be cool i like this card a lot i could see tweaks like a, a three two that has haste yeah something and like that but not notable observation this card is a mythic rare so this mm -hmm. card was good enough, at least in the testing process, that they thought it deserved Mythic status. Yeah, I think it's pretty strong. Yeah, so this card is going to be powerful. And who knows, it could be that this escape mechanic is so good, and it's going to be so easy to fill your graveyard um, with, I mean, we've already talked about, like, the thirst that fills the graveyard. There's some other things we're going to talk about that have interactions with that. Um, it well, could just be that the escape mechanic is going to be good enough that this card's just going to be great. I could see this... Uh... Doing something very, very, very similar. To not sure. quite the not quite the level of Hogak. This is kind of just like a fixed Hogak, right? Yeah, but there's that's that artifacts that can sack a creature mm -hmm. and add mana. So yep. you can, yep, you yep, can yep. exile the cards. Um, if you have dredge cards by chain in your yard, you can dredge a lot of cards by drawing three cards. Yeah, for sure. That is definitely something you could do. So there are probably some very degenerate turns you could have with this. Oh um, yeah. Without can, question. I could see like a Bridgevine style deck, like a Jun Bridgevine. Yeah. Well, Bridge is no longer legal, but, but with like yeah, that, that, that and... style deck of just like filling your graveyard and then just doing goofy shit. The eight cards is a steep ask, which I think won't let you go super fucking bananas. I think that's kind of what balances it. That's what, like, when I mentioned yeah. that it's eight, like, that is a lot of cards. That's a it hefty wasn't number. A lot with, it wasn't a lot with, because because of the interaction it had with Alter, where you could, like, sack pretty much just refill. And if you had bridges, it was literally free. Or a benefit. Yeah, generally for a benefit. Um, you could probably still get a benefit out of this card. Oh, for sure. It's going to be a little bit harder. I like, you actually have to pay mana for it, which yes. is going to be the drawback. That's going to be the bottleneck well, for this card. Quote-unquote, yeah, bottleneck drawback. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Very good well, card. I like it. I'm excited to see what it'll do. Um, if these are relatively cheap to begin with, I might just pick them up. Even if I overpay a couple bucks in the beginning, Ooh, I'm fine with that. Fine. Yeah. Just with the possibility sure. of what it can do. Yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, cards that, that are in the graveyard, um, let's talk about something that makes that not exist or at least not work, <laughs> which is a, a runner up to my favorite card in the set so far. It is... Uh, Kunaros, Hound of Aethrios. This card is so sweet. Oh, this card is so sick. 
It is one white black for a 3-3 legendary creature hound. And it has vigilance, menace, and lifelink. It also says creature cards in graveyards can't enter the battlefield and players can't cast spells from graveyard. So it's just so, a nice little graph digger's cage on a vigilance three. menace lifelink three three. Yeah, yeah, that's you know because that's okay. That's fair. That's fine. Yeah, it, yeah, we're cool. I am very happy. It's a legendary creature. Sure. Yeah. Multiple it, multiple multiple instances of this card on the battlefield. Um. Obviously the the this the second ability that we we're speaking of. Uh, the Grafdigger's Cage ability doesn't really matter in multiples, um, but multiple three threes with Vigilance, Menace, and Lifelink could get pretty pretty nasty. Yeah, it's a very good card. Um, this card is sweet. I wish powerful. it wasn't black. I do have a problem with them making these Hate Bear cards in multiple colors. Not because I'm a greedy white player. I mean, it's partially because of that. But I was about to say that's it, most of why. No, it see these cards with these abilities. Especially when these abilities were formerly on colorless cards, it makes the creature versions significantly harder to splash. And I think that's the power with some of the white focused hate cards. Like think of like a stony silence or think of uh, rest in peace or something like that. Like if you can afford to have white in your deck and then that having those access to those like powerful sideboard cards, especially in like modern and legacy and stuff like that, that's invaluable. And those just being one color, just being that white makes those cards so much better because of their splashability. This card, you can't splash it. Like, you almost have to be... You have to be dedicated already in white and black. So you have to either be, like, just straight-up white-black or, like, an Abzan or, like, Mardu or something like that where you are going to have consistent access to these colors for this card to even be okay in a sideboard. Well, I'm happy this isn't a mono-colored card. I would like for this to be, like, one white-white. See, uh, no... And the three abilities make sense, like, flavor-wise, because it is, like, a Cerebus. So, like, each head has its own ability. Like, the far left head is Vigilance, and the far right one is Lifelink, and the middle one is Menace. And, like, sure, that makes sense. But I would like to see this being one white-white. I mean, and that also makes it less splashable because you have to have, like, a real dedication to white. Or maybe let's—we can call it a devotion to white also. That would work. <laughs> I think it'd be a little bit too strong if it was— Monocolored specifically like, for the devotion aspect of everything. And flavor wise, like it is the hound of Aethrios. Aethrios yeah, is just one the, color. Is the yeah. white black god. So that also makes sense. Um, that's just like a super minor gripe about this card. It's not like like it not being monocolored makes me hate this thing. It is still my second favorite card in the set so far. And I love the fact that they are putting old hate cards. It, like we're saying old, like what was it? Dark Ascension, Grafdigger's Cage came out. We're like, that's not very old, but... Pretty old. It's, yeah, it's it's cool to see these, like, older, really powerful hate cards for strategies being, like, reimagined onto creatures. Well, that's been one of your gripes for a while. You have all these powerful enchantments, but not creatures that go along with it. Now you do. You have a Grafdigger's 3-3 beater. And yeah, that's always been an issue stuff with hate on bears. Creatures. That's always been an issue with hate bears. They don't have closing... This no, hits this pretty guy hard. Yeah, this... It's pretty hard, especially for like its power with the abilities on curve, like just even without the relevant ability. Like, let's just say you open this in draft. This is probably going to be like first pickable in draft, regardless of the ability. No, just, probably. Like, I would three, assume. I mean, the, the, the color restriction does make that argument a little bit less valid. Um, 
but if you but get like this if early, you can build around it, kind yeah, of. Fuck and... Yeah, if you're in these colors, like, say, like, you're already in, like, a, a basically black or basically white deck, and you're still, like, waffling on your second color, if you open this in pack two, like, this can really slot you in. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love this card. Big, big, big fan. So the next one that we want to talk about, um, do you want to uh, mention uh, Treacherous Blessing? I think that card is something that we could probably uh, shine light on, because I know we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, um, and we had some interesting uh, back and forth on it. So this card is, uh, it's called Treacherous Blessing. It is two and a black for an enchantment. Um, shocker, Theros, enchantment. Um, but when it enters the battlefield, you draw three cards. It also says that whenever you cast a spell, you lose a life. And whenever Treacherous Blessing becomes the target of a speller ability, you sacrifice it. So this is just three mana, draw three cards in black, which is pretty yes. cool. Helps Devotion. I, I don't think I would play this unless I had a way to take advantage of getting rid of it. And so that was the thing. Sacrificing enchantment to get some ability or sacrifice a permanent. Yeah, like this card has such a high ceiling. Just three mana enchantment that draws three cards when it enter. Sold. I'm in. Yeah. But oh, yeah. The, oh my goodness, the, yes. This drawback is pretty big. Yeah, if you don't have like a free or relatively free or at least beneficial way of getting rid of this thing, it is very low. But if you do have one of those like very like either cheap or beneficial ways of getting rid of it, where you're not like wasting a spell on it, then this card is so good. Yes, I agree. Even if you lose two life off of it, that's still a better rate than a lot like a of divination. cards that are, well, not divination, this draws three cards. Yeah, but... no, I'm saying, it's just, that's what I'm saying, it's a better rate than, like, a divination effect. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, limited, I don't think I would ever take this. I just don't think I would. Yeah, unless something else is printed in this set that makes it, like, that gives this legs, yeah, you're never going to be able to do that. But, yeah. um, in, in a constructed context, if there is a way to interact with this in a positive way, or at least in a net neutral way for you, this card can get fucking wild. Yeah, drawing three cards for three mana. Divination is so powerful in slower formats because it generally, um, it's either a good uh, mid mid to late, like that mid-rangey style, like, hey, draw two cards. Or turn three, you miss your land drop. Hey, I'm going to spend a turn here, hit my land drop, go. Yeah, and th that's kind of my thing, too, where it's just like, like I said, this card has a high ceiling low floor so it just depends on what else we see or what people can do with it yeah so i'm waiting might be good might not be good i do want to talk about that uh kraken okay yeah the fired off yeah so nadir kraken it's one blue blue for a kraken it's two three whenever you draw a card you may pay one if you do put a one one counter on nadir kraken and create a 1-1 one, one blue tentacle creature. Yeah, this card is so That's cool. a fucking house. It's, it, I mean, it's a mouthful. And you do have to work a little bit for it, but if... Not even. I don't think you do. I mean, it just sent you like there's a, a game back, action that assuming you Assuming you're making land There is a game action you must take every turn of magic. Otherwise, there's some other effect. Yeah, you're draw Draw a card. And that's what I'm even, saying. Like, it, it you either... play this turn three, turn four... You draw your card, pay one. You three power for four mana, which just gets better and better. It has flying. The token has flying, sorry. Oh, no, it doesn't. It's just no, it does blue. not. It's just a 1-1 one, one creature. It's a tentacle cast. I'm still okay with that. This thing grows in power every time. Yeah, you do it that. does make this guy bigger. And that's yes. what I'm saying. It like it sets you back a turn, 
But there are, if the chances of this format being slower, I think are pretty high. So it's setting you back a turn is not going to be as impactful as, as like a very aggressive format. Like the previous standards where we've had uh, like mono red being like king shit. This, this card is really good in slow formats where you land this on turn three and then your turn four, you're basically on turn three. And your it's turn a, five, you're basically on turn four. Yeah, well, it's a, uh, a three drop that attacks for three if you want it to. And then subs- and you could just sit back on this thing and you don't have to do it every time. You get a free tool, a, a token, and a 1-1 counter for a mana. Yes. That's two, and you, like that's you said, you don't have to. Two power for a mana. A colorless mana. No. Yeah. I'm very in on guard. And it's every instant you draw a card to, which is like pretty fucking good. Yes. Uh, and, and to harken back to our previous discussion about like devotion and if like the chance that devotion is a thing, which I think is pretty high, uh, this is a really good card in like a mono blue devotion deck. I think this is just a good card and like it's a, a good deck. Yeah, no, you're right. It's just good. It's just a good card in general. But if there is a mono blue deck that is built around like kind of tempo y, like drawing cards and just like applying pressure, this card does that in spades. Yeah, I think it's very good. I'm excited to see what it can do. Yeah, I, that, that is a card I am excited to see what happens. Um, the next card I want to talk about is maybe not particularly powerful, but a card that has some interesting backstory to it. It is one with the stars. So it is three in a blue for an aura. You enchant a creature or an enchantment. The enchanted permanent is an enchantment and loses all other card types. So it doesn't lose its abilities. It still does everything it, it did before. Um, it just becomes solely an enchantment. And the interesting thing about this is it was actually a card that was in, if you remember, the the mystery boosters that they did, drafts up and stuff, that had the playtest cards in them. This was actually exactly one of the playtest cards. It had a different name, but mana cost, ability, all that stuff, it is exactly one of the playtest cards. That's neat. That is so cool. And that also makes me think like, oh, if this is what they're doing with the playtest cards, or like they're going, they're setting them out into the wild and seeing how people respond to them, even though it's a it's a pretty minor sample size. Maybe using that as either future mechanics that were on those mechanics that we hadn't seen before, or new designs for cards that we hadn't seen before. This it's really cool that that happened. Some people were like like scratching their head at it, but I'm I think that's that's totally sweet. Yeah, I like it. I mean, this card, like, the application of it is super strange. Because, like, what? I mean, what do you do? Like, it just protects one of... I mean, you can cast it and protect one of your creatures. It just says that, like, targeted removal can't kill one of your creatures. Yeah, destroy target creature. like, destroy target enchantment. Yeah. So you can just, like, disenchant a creature <laughs> instead of having to, you know, doomblade it or something else. I don't think it's very good, but there might be something that I don't eat or get yet. Yeah, I mean, it's not... It's not unplayable, but I don't think it's particularly powerful. Um, just in the context of it's the, it's a set where enchantments matter, and you do get the pseudo protection. And if you only have like removal in your deck that destroys enchantments, like you could turn something important into an enchantment and kill it. Like I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, there's some things I don't know. Like let's say there's a card that you only have like destroy creature in your deck, but you do have exile enchantment in your deck. And there's some indestructible creature, like one of the gods or something. I, or well, I guess the gods are enchantments anyway, but like an in, indestructible creature. You can turn that creature into an enchantment and then exile it. Like there's just some niche things um, that this thing might be useful for, but uh, it's a it remains for one in yourself. So not yeah. very good in that case. No, it's it's not. But, I, you know, you never know. 
so let's move on to the next one. It is uh, Devourer of Memories. This card's pretty interesting. It is a blue and a black for a 2-1 creature. Um, it says, whenever one or more cards is put into your graveyard from your library, it gets a plus one, plus one until the end of turn and cannot be blocked. And for one blue-black, you can put the top card of your library into your graveyard. So it only ever gets plus one, plus one. No, it does. Yeah, it, it never gets more than a plus one. So it's not like... It's only you could, uh, like, mill yourself for five and give it plus five, plus five. Yeah, it doesn't turn Glimpse the Unthinkable into plus ten, plus ten. I'm yeah, correct, correct. It's just, it's all, it's either a two-one that can be blocked or a three-two that cannot be blocked. So there's a couple different things this is good with. It's good with escape. It's good as, like, an uh, inevitability. Uh, three-two unblockable creature for three every turn. Yeah, that's that was kind of where my thought was with it. Um, the escape costs, or, yeah, the escape costs, it fuels some escape stuff. Yeah, or just general self-mill strategies, which could definitely be a thing with, like you said, the escape mechanic and some of the other things that uh, might trigger off of things being in the graveyard. Yeah, so there's, it has some play, I think. Um, I think it'll be decent and limited. It's a two-drop for two that gets to become three-two unblockable, which isn't nothing. No. Those things always end up being better than expected, I guess. Yeah, and that that yeah, that's kind of my thought with this too, where it's just like, sure, this seems uh, innocuous at first, but there is a good chance that this card will just be a standard powerhouse. It's possible, yeah. It's yeah. Time time will tell with those. Yes, I like this card a lot. Um, but we don't know about this card yet. There is a card that we do know about though, uh, because it's a reprint, and it is Idealic Tutor. Yeah, hopefully it's no longer fifty dollars or whatever it was. Oh yeah, it was insane for a while because it only had like a hand, like one or two printings. Um, and like more. And we actually or... we just talked about this in the last episode, the year in review, where uh, they like don't print. They we were just like, oh, they don't really print tutors anymore. When we were talking about Karn, um, well, they heard us loud and clear, and they're like, well, bitch, now we do, because yeah. <laughs> we are getting actual factual tutor. So idyllic tutor is two and a white for a sorcery speed spell. And it says, search your library for an enchantment card, reveal it, and you put it into your hand. Then you shuffle your library. Also, the flavor text. You are loved, child. I love it. Dumb. Oh, I love it. That's great flavor text. And it's like a and the art is just like like Heliod's hand just coming down and just like touching some somebody, some lady out there standing on her like patio. I love it. Yeah. So this thing really never saw a play outside commander oh you're talking about like actual ideal tutor yep um yes, actual ideal tutor there are some like slower versions of like enchantress in uh legacy that would play it like as a, a one of two of just to go get you like your silver bullets but yeah you're you're right mostly just a uh commander card so good good reprint Hopefully yeah it drops the price a bit it is and... also in the enchantment set so this card could see some real play yeah i think um possibly in standard yeah uh, Probably unlimited. Like if you see this and you have some good enchantments in your deck and you're white, hey. Yeah, you might be able to just like just just uh, get Luxac and just hit this as one of your rares and just go in. Yeah, three mana. Go find your bomb. And this is probably just going to be a value draft. Like if you open this in a pack and you're just like, well, uh, we just made at least some of our money back. You just slam this down and then just move on with your day. Yeah, I'm curious how much the price will actually drop. Yeah, um, because it is going to be a highly printed set. Because if you remember, for a long time, Blood Moon was like fifty dollars. Yep. Or uh, the probably the best example, Tarma Goyf. Yeah, Mister Goyf was a a over a hundred dollar card. It has fallen from from its uh, previous graces, but 
Yeah, it used to be quite a boy, quite an expensive card. Yes. Yeah, expensive. I like I like that they're reprinting tutors. At least like the the uh, not awful or not awfully powerful ones. Yeah, this one's very niche, so. Yeah, it's medium. It's power level. It's good where it's good, and it's unplayable where everywhere else. Yeah, fine with it. Good reprint. Yeah. Um, but one enchantment you could get with Idealic Tutor, um, the birth of Miletus. I like this card a lot. Which one is this? This is the one in a white saga. And for the first chapter, you search your library for a basic planes, reveal it, put it in your hand. The second chapter is create an 04 colorless wall artifact creature token with defender. And the third chapter is uh, gain two life. Yeah, super mediocre. Oh, I and think this card is very good. Doesn't get to plane. Um, yeah, it two mana, to planes. So, so it it's really not fixing, but it is kind of um, draw a land. Yeah, this is, it's, I mean, it's, it's basically like Wall of Omens. Yes. Right? Wall of Omens that always gets a plane and draws two life or gains two life. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, I think this card is going to be very playable. I like this card a lot. And I like the direction that this card plays. And it's got like a neat little, like how the sagas kind of tell, are supposed to tell a story. This tells a pretty cool story of like, like developing a civilization where you go get your land and then you build like buildings and walls and then you, you prosper from that with the gaining life. That's pretty cool. Sorry. Right. Yeah, I like this card. I, I think, and for two mana, this card is perfectly costed, and it giving you like a pseudo draw effect in white is is nice. I like this card a lot. Another yeah, card that I like a lot though is Ashok Sarays. This card read is it. sweet. Read that shit, boy. Okay, so this card is two and two blue for an enchantment. Uh, the the this enchantment has flash. And it says, whenever it enters the battlefield, you exile target spell. Your opponent can't cast spells with the name of the ex of the exiled spell. And whenever Ashok's Razor leaves the battlefield, you return the exiled spell to its owner's hand. So it's essentially oh, a commander counter spell, but they can't cast other spells of that name. Yeah, which four, is mana, so four mana enchantment counter spell. So good for devotion decks. Uh, good in control decks. Um, has like that meddling mage effect. Yes, this card is. I think this card is really cool, and it's a cool take on like the enchantment version of a counter spell, where it's not just like, oh, this is a shitty enchantment that exiles something. Like it's it's super similar to uh, one of my favorite cards of all time, Spellqueller. Yeah, similar. If they remove it, they get their spell back. Yeah, which I'm a sucker for Spellqueller. So anything kind of like that, I'm just like, oh, oh, this reminds me of something I'm super fond of. Yeah, you're in on it. Yeah, so I love it. But I think, I mean, this card could be very powerful. This card is probably going to be a staple in, like, control decks in, in this standard format. Oh, I would assume so. Yeah. Um, so, moving on from that, uh, the next card is uh, Dalakos, Crafter of Wonders. This is going to be a commander guy for sure. Um, he is one blue-red for a 2-4 uh, legendary merfolk artificer. You can tap him and add two, but you can only, add, you can only use that mana to cast artifact spells or activate abilities of artifacts and equip creatures you control have flying and haste. I don't know if this guy's good enough to be a commander by himself, but whoa, is he, he has a, he is very powerful. Very, very powerful. Oh, see, I think this thing is strong enough for, uh, to be a commander. Yeah, you're probably. The, the reason I say that is, uh, there are a lot of living weapons. Yeah. Artifacts like, matter. Three mana that ran. Matter skull for, off this guy. It's three mana in two colors that actually matter. For artifacts, so that's yep. big. And then it's a two-four. Just casually turn just, four a batter skull with this guy. Yeah, and then you have a four-four flying vigilant lifelink haste. Yeah, 
Seems okay. Gathering. Seems all right. That is pod racing, ladies. I like that. But the, yeah, if you're if you were into Commander and you like a uh, you like your equipment, this is a guy that you should definitely be looking at. Well, there are definitely equipment decks. Oh yeah, for sure. Format. I just don't know if this guy's better than the other options available. But he might slot into like a Jeskai version of it. If he was white, he would probably just be the go-ahead Jeskai uh, artifact or equipment commander. But not being white, I think he just slots into that those style strategies. Yeah, that's that's possible. Because white with equipment is just so good. Well, there's a lot of, oh my god, that fucking hurt. I just tried to hold a sneeze in and cracked my sternum. Hey, don't do that. I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> I'm a fashion shock, uh, uh, full, uh, physiology, physiology podcast. Matt Physiological learns is what you're trying to say there. That's the one I've been drinking. <laughs> oh my God. It like cracked. Like I cracked my back. <laughs> That's great. I did. I tried to hold in a sneeze so I didn't make it really fucking loud in your ear. Well, I appreciate oh, you sacrificing your body for my well-being. I won't do it again. <laughs> I, I didn't think you would. Yeah, so Mr. Commander folks out there, Mr. and Mrs. Commander folks, uh, enjoy. Yeah, I don't think, um, I'm not even sure if this is standard playable. Uh, we'd have to see some fucking dope equipment for this guy to even give a shit. Ember Cleave? Ooh, you could go cleaving with this guy, you're right. That's two, so that helps. Get your cleave on. Yeah. Might be a thing. I don't know. We'll see. Who knows? Um, but also shout out to Ryan Pankost, artist of that card. Best artist on the planet. I've heard that before. Yeah, weird. Probably because it's just true. You probably heard it from people that aren't me. Maybe. <laughs> well, moving on from uh, Magical Commander Christmas Land uh, to very fucking powerful real Magic Land. Uh, let's talk about a little bit of some Pelucranus. Matt, I heard you I heard you unchained him. I unchained this motherfucker. I heard this you This card... Very, very good. Well, let's 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 go over the uh, the novel that is on this guy's card, and then we will talk about exactly how fucking busted he is. It reads: Play this card, and you probably yeah, kill your opponent is pretty much what it says. But yeah. more specifically, it says Pelucranus Unchained. Uh, for he is a creature. He's a legendary zombie hydra, which is a fucking dope creature type. So he is two black green for a zero zero. Um, but when he enters the battlefield, he enters with six plus one plus one counters. If he escaped, he enters with 12 plus one plus one counters. And if damage would be dealt to Pelucranos while it has a plus one plus one counter on it, you prevent all of that damage and remove that many plus one plus one counters from it instead. And for one black green, Pelucranos fights another target creature. And if that wasn't enough, you can escape it for four black green exile six other cards. Really strong. Whoa. Yeah, this card is fucked. What? Very this strong. Is huge. And like the escape cost is probably the most aggressive cost that we've seen on an escape creature so far. I mean, besides like the red, red. I mean, I think it's even. I think it is the most aggressive cost because, like, the red red guy is exile eight. This guy's only exile six, and it's only two more mana than it, what it initially is. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this escape thing. I knew it was going to be good when they first spoiled, uh, what was it, Elspeth? Yes. And it turns out, I'm assuming it's going to play as good as it seems. I don't oh, think I it's going to be worse. It. it also might just be better because you can just, you might not have to, like, race to get those you might sure. just be able to do it yeah it might just like come kind of naturally throughout the the, yeah. the process of the game 
Just a little nonchalant. No, this guy's going to kick some teeth in. Yeah, very good. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to fight your creatures, and then he's going to fight you, IRL, and he's going to kill you. Yeah, he's going to beat your face in. Do you know what's harder to kill than a Hydra? Nothing. A fucking zombie Hydra. Oh, zombie Hydra. He's already dead, bud. He'd already died once. You don't, you, like, you, you can't kill him again. And guess what? When you do kill him again, he back. He, he back. escaped from, he escaped from death twice, is like what, this, could, what this is insinuating. I could easily see a standard black green, just mid-range deck that just one-for-one one removal, like Murderous Rider, play your two, three idiot, and then eventually just win the game with this guy. Well, also consider like a Pioneer deck with this guy and like the the counter snake and just all the other things that that help with counters uh like hardened scales i mean walking ballista fits in that deck like there's some powerful magic cards that deal with counters that are in the black green colors and this guy's just a house yeah you're not wrong yeah that's some shit seems quite good i'm i'm on board with it for yeah, sure the more i think about this card the more i'm just like oh boy we're in for some shit yeah this is this is what you call bomb yes so uh, I don't think there's any there's any question that this card is uh, going to be trouble. Super powerful. Another sure. card that that maybe isn't on its face very powerful, but I think both me and Matt agree is going to be a very good card is uh, Wave Break Hippocamp. Matt, I know you were excited about this one. Why don't you read one for us? All right. So this thing is a three drop, so two colorless and a blue for a two two. It is an enchantment creature, horse fish. Gotta love the horse fish. There is a white card that says horses you have control are indestructible. (laughs) (laughs) Horse tribal, here we come. But it reads, whenever you cast your first spell during each opponent's turn, draw a card. This is good with cards like opt. This is good with counter spells. What is this with Instant speed. Scry one, draw two? Scry one, draw two. What the fuck? For one blue mana at instant speed? Ugh. This turns burn spells or instant speed removal into draw a card plus whatever else is on the card to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. It ju- that just adds additional text to the card as long as this guy's on the battlefield. And it's a three drop. It's not some ridiculous thing. No. I don't think it's broken by any means. This card is very good. powerful though. Yeah. This is a strong card. I want to see oh, what it yeah. does. Oh yeah. This card is so sick. Yeah. I'm a big fan of this. Same here. Yeah. Well, I think... That just about concludes uh, the spoilers, right? I would think so. Everything that I was excited about. Just kidding, nerds. We forgot about the most important part of the set so far. Oh, you're stupid fucking... No, we forgot about the monocolored gods that have... We have not gotten all of them, but... Well, which we got the... We don't have we don't have Thassa yet. We do not. You are correct. But we do have Nylea. We do have Perforos. We do have Eberos. And we do have Heliod. Um, so a quick overrun of some of the less exciting ones, um, which all of them are exciting. Like when yeah, I say less exciting, powerful. I mean just not busted out of this fucking. They're all mythic. Yeah, and they all deserve the mythic uh, status. So Nylea, keen-eyed, is four mana for three in the green. She is a five-six with the god text for five devotion to green, um, and she says creature spells you cast cost one less, and for two in a green. You reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature card, put it in your hand. Otherwise, you may put it into your graveyard. This card is very fucking good. This card is gonna be. This card's gonna be ass. Yeah, five six, very strong. Um, less than five, or so. This and four other mana symbols on the board under your control. You got a five six. B- yeah, ain't nothing wrong with that. And, 
in green, it's relatively easy to get yourself some green devotion. Yeah. Just because of the nature of green. Correct. Yes. Which I, I love. Um, another one that is a bit lackluster. I mean, I guess, again, you can't really call any of these lackluster. Because uh, I think they're all just generically pretty good. But Eberos is the black god. So for three and a black, you get a five, six um, god uh, devotion, obviously, to black. And then whenever another creature you control dies, you may pay two life. If you do, you draw a card. And then for one and a black, you can sacrifice another creature. Target creature gets a minus two, minus one until the end of turn. This card is going to be really good in standard. Uh, yeah, it turns out that using your life as a resource for cards has been good. That one is free. And then yeah, which is you extra. have a sacrifice outlet for two mana that can either kill creatures... Uh, make combat a nightmare for your yes. opponent, which is not nothing. No, for sure. It, like That is a real deal thing. And like we laid out earlier when we were talking about Gary, the fact that there is probably going to be a mono black devotion deck floating around. This card we're fits just, into it perfectly. Because a lot of those cards, and... yeah, a lot of those cards, uh, it just makes sense that sacrificing like the three uh, black legendary girl um, from Dominaria or not from Dominaria, from uh, Throne. Throne of Eldraine. Like, that card sacrifices creatures. And you gain a life. And yeah, and you, yeah. And so well, when the creatures enter the battlefield, you gain life with her. So you're kind of mitigating that with Ebros if you're drawing cards. Like, that is so good. So I this do card like. Is powerhouse. Yeah, I do like that this is May ability and it's not a must. Yeah, so, that, that's so you kind of get to choose your own you, adventure game with that. If you have the life to play with, uh, you can turn it into cards. If not, just let you it You can choose to stay and... alive. Yeah. Or, like, you can even say that if you don't want to sacrifice creatures, you can still keep up the amount of creatures that you have to keep devotion to make sure Ebros is a creature. Well, for example, what was that black enchantment from Ixalan where you could pay two, uh, pay two life and draw a card? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't remember the name, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that was turned out to be super powerful in control mirrors. Oh, yeah. Because so your life total really didn't matter at that point. It just, yeah, you card advantage your opponent out until you want. This does require some creatures to die, so there is sure. that aspect of it. But also just a 5-6 beater if it's on that's yeah. indestructible. All of these gods are very first pickable. Oh, for sure. For a limited uh, standpoint, that is. Yeah, amazing. So They're all amazing. Go ahead to weak attack. I mean, uh, Perforos. Oh, yeah, you're talking about our good old boy Perforos, the bronze-blooded. So for four and a red, who is the most expensive god we've seen so far, which is kind of wild that it's more expensive than the green one, but uh, you get Perforos, who is a 7-6 god, uh, devotion to red, uh, and other creatures you control have haste. And for two and a red, you may put a red creature card or an artifact creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. You sacrifice it at the beginning of the end step. That's if it's still in play. That's if it's still in play. That is very true. This is also good with, um, once again, the escape mechanic. Yes, it is. Um, I was trying to think of some other big old beefy red boys or... Artifact colorless. Boys? Yeah, artifact, not colorless. Yeah, artifact. you're right, you're right, you're right. So in like a standard context? In Yeah, in a standard context. This obviously wouldn't work with like any Eldrazi or anything like that. Yeah, correct. Um, I'm, Is Golos banned in standard? No, just Field of the Dead. So that's a thing you could do. Oh, that's cool. Um, it gets you a land and draws a card? Okay. 
I'm pretty sure there's some other big dumb idiot artifact guys or big dumb idiot red guys. There always is. I mean, I, I haven't put too much thought into this guy as far as a standard goes, just because he's really powerful in other cards. Yeah, this would be a sweet commander for oh, sure. Oh my god! I mean, all the, both of the Perforoses are sweet commanders, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah I agree 100. percent um, I don't think this will see play in modern legacy or vintage just because it's in, too expensive yeah maybe in pioneer i'm not positive um pretty sweet um the gods are all like i said very good even yeah. if you just have a five mana seven six indestructible for that five mana. yeah seems good and like it's just like the the sky is the limit as far as red creatures and colorless creatures that are printed and this is the first like sneak attack style ability that we have in modern. So for all we know, it could just be that good. It could be good enough. That is not true at all. Well, we have like the the spells that do it. Oh yeah, we don't have a perm. Well, we have Elvish Piper. I uh, you sure? I guess boom. so. Boom. But this also gives it haste. Oh, uh, shit. What's the other one? Unexpected. No, that's a. There's an enchantment that does it too. I don't know. But yes, uh, first kind of permanent hasty boys coming at your face. Yeah, so that's pretty neat. Um, but the main event, which is, and it doesn't even matter what else is printed in this set. It literally doesn't fucking matter. This is going to be my favorite card in the set by a country fucking mile. It is Heliod Suncrowned. So Heliod, for two and a white, you get a 5-5 five, five legendary enchantment creature god with devotion to white. And then whenever you gain life, Put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature or enchantment you control. And for one in a white, another target creature gains lifelink until the end of turn. A lot of combos Ooh. with this already. Hooray! So this is going to be the Splinter Twin style, where you play this turn three. Turn four, you play a Ballista or something, and then you just ping them and to then, death. Yeah, then turn five, you kill them. Yeah, I could easily see this being in the white-green deck with some hardened scales, this dumb idiot, oh, some God. ballistas, and just mow your opponent down on I turn four. I have not been excited about a card printed in a standard legal set in a very, very, very long time. This card is so sick. Like, I am going to be playing this in Legacy. I'm going to at least be testing this in Legacy with... Like a mono white, like like I'm obviously going to try to jam it in death attacks. I do think it's going to have a legitimate home in like a legacy like Bomberman style strategy because it's already playing Walking Ballista. It just gives it kind of a different angle of attack. Um, and so if they just completely shut down like one side of your combo, um, that isn't just like pithing needle on Walking Ballista, uh, this this will get you there. Um, but I will be trying to jam it in death attacks and doing like a uh control the game limit your mana and then at some point if i don't just kill you with creatures just have the inevitable combo like my two favorite things in magic that i've ever done is playing mono white death and taxes and playing splinter twin in modern like those are my two favorite things and i get to do both of those in one deck in my favorite form. i am so fucking excited for this card oh i yes, can't wait. seems good i can't seems very powerful and combo-y yeah and like there's even other there's decks in modern that I'm going to be testing this with that maybe aren't just like a mono white strategy, but like a Abzan strategy thing with, like I said, the the counter snake with walking ballista and this guy to combo off with collected company and all the stuff. There's also there honestly might just be like a like a green white version of the deck that is much more simple and like kind of more controlling like a death and tax strategy that just has the combo finish. 
if you don't just kill them with creatures. Like, it, the sky is the limit for me and this guy. Me and Heliod are taking it to the fucking moon, and I am so stoked for it. I think this just slots perfectly into the druid combat. Yeah, it's it, it would be a similar it's deck to that. It's a and, fucking yeah, exactly. creature that Coco can find. You could just throw one of this, a copy of this in that deck without really changing the deck at all. Yeah, and it also combos. We were we've been talking a bunch about uh, walking ballista with this. Um, Spike feeder is also still a card. Yes, that also combos with that as well. Triskelion. Triskelion does. Yeah, for three like, mana. This card is so sick. Yeah, oh, I'm so happy Heliod exists. I think this card is going to get walking ballista banned in Pioneer. Yep. Yep. Uh. Yep. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah. For sure. That is, I think, 100% going to happen. Because it's just going to be the Pioneer Splinter. Oh, for sure. Which is all it is. Which, I mean, like I said, my doctrine for 2020 is going to be start playing Pioneer. This is going to be the first deck I play. I'm going to 1,000% jam this deck. And until it's banned, I will not let up on the gas. I don't think you're going to have to wait that long. That's fine. I will enjoy my day in the sun while it lasts. And then when when Heliod Winter comes... uh, I will, I will pack my bags and go home. I don't think it's going to get that bad. Oh, I love it, though. Oh, thank God. Wizards has listened. For once, they fucking listened. They told, they, I told them, give me a good white card. They're like, oh, no. They did, and it's going to get banned, like I told you. <laughs> oh, fucking Christ. We did say that, oh, Wizards is going to give us good white cards, but they're going to be so good that they're just going to be fucking immediately banned with whatever interaction they have. Uh, yeah, that's what we, it, shot was called. And it's probably going to be confirmed within a couple of months, this card being out. Oh, for sure. I would be surprised if this wasn't been Pioneer. Oh, it's going to be so slick while it lasts, though. I cannot wait. Well, look at Copycat. Copycat didn't make it that far. No, it did not. Ah, this is slower than Copycat, though, which is a thing. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Because you have to have a Walking Ballista with two counters. And that's yes. the part that makes it slower. Harden skills, my dude. Or anything else that can put counters on shit for yeah sure so you have to have three card combo in order for yeah it to or be a two card combo in turn five yeah or mana dorks or mana dorks that's the isn't thing fucking unheard of no it's not and that's kind of why i think it's going to be like a, a, a green white deck because like you will get that acceleration and the ability to kind of like cocoa into things and do other uh fucky fun things with it or like an Abzan strategy. I can see an Abzan strategy being really successful with this as a combo finish. Yeah, just kind of control the board. Yeah, and get to play like the, the Counter Snake and stuff like that. Yeah, the, the, this card's going to be... You, I mean, also, you could just you just casually put uh, Pelucranus in that deck. Because Counter, why not? Good. Because <laughs> if wrong. you don't beat him with a combo, you could just beat him with big fucking Pelucranus. <laughs> Smash face with big dumb idiots. I'm okay with smushing. That's a... That okay is... A tried and true way to kill people. Big yeah, dumb idiots that are under cost and hard to kill. I want to Weird. attack, so I will attack. Yes. Math is for blockers. You're not wrong. Block. Yeah. So now, now that concludes our throne, uh, or no, our, our uh, Theros Beyond Death spoilers. But say, bud, you you got the the wrong the wrong team. You're right. We got a, we got a better team now. It's throne, or it's the fucking crisis. <laughs> 2020 we're bringing back the very drunk podcast because that's where i'm at right now <laughs> someone's got to do it yeah but we're going to be back with this bullshit next week too because we're going to have the rest of the set next week yeah it's, it should be wrapped up by then right yeah and well next week's going to be fun too because we're going to have stories from scg columbus to talk about because that is this week 
this weekend. Yeah, this weekend. I mean, I'm going to see your ass tomorrow, actually, in person. Yes. The sure, boys I'll, are back in town. I'll be on in the car for six hours or so. So Yeah, it's going to be about four hours for me. But yeah, so me and Matt are going to be playing SCG Columbus this weekend. It is a team event, so uh, we are going to partner up with one of our uh, good friends, Cud. I'm sure he's excited to uh, to witness our, our madness in, in full form. To sling some spells. Oh, we're and also, we are the Spaghetti Squad. We're Spaghetti Monster Squad. Yeah, we're playing. Every one of all three of us are playing some flavor of Eldrazi. Yeah, we're registering 12 copies of Eldrazi Temple in Modern. Yeah, Cut is playing Eldrazi Tron, the traditional colorless Eldrazi. Uh, Matt is going back to Old Faithful, uh, Bant Eldrazi. And I am obviously bringing the Death and Taxes heat with Eldrazi and Taxes. I'm very excited. Yeah. Let's go. And so we're going to have a total tournament report from that. Uh, we'll probably give our tournament report. And then we're also going with uh, other, some three close buddies of ours. Uh, and that's going to be exciting. Yeah, Dirk, Brett, and Austin. Yeah, so shout out to Dirk, Brett, and Austin. I don't, what, I don't, not entirely sure what they're playing. I think Dirk is playing Infect. Infect. And then Brett is playing uh, Abzan Walls. Fucking hilarious. Which is great. And then Austin is playing his uh, love child, which is Dredge. Dredge in all formats. Dredge in all formats. Yeah, so shout out to those guys. We're going to have, a, we'll do a little tournament report for them. We'll get notes and uh, we'll make sure to bring that to the table to talk next week. Um, if we can find time, if uh, we move through the Theros spoilers, because it's going to be hard pressed to find as many good cards as we have this week. Because there are so many fucking in Theros. It is um, so much more than. Still some missing, so. There are. But like, just even already with half the set spoiled. There are still more cards of power and of just excitement for me than the entirety of Throne of Eldraine. Yeah. It's not close. Yeah, Throne has some heavy hitters like uh, Oko, for starters. Sure, but, I mean, like, we were, we knew Oko was going to be powerful, but, like, by no means is that card exciting. Like, there's, we can't do fun shit with that card. We just win games. That's not fun. I'll be registering some copies of Oko this weekend. Yeah, because I think it's probably the best card in mod. Pretty close. It's going to be the best card until it's banned. It's banned. Oh, 1,000% that card's going to get banned. Oh, just like Dig Through Time and Treasure Cruise and Pioneer, we'll put huh? a I'm Listen, I will put a, the, all my life savings that Oko's going to get banned in Modern. I don't need 30 more cents. <laughs> okay, fair point. <laughs> but you know what I do need? What's that? I need some nice accumulated knowledge action for 2020. We need to start Ooh. the year off right. I is it me or you? I think it's me this time. It's you this time. So we're starting off the year with a nice map loss. I can't wait. Are you ready for the very uh, first accumulated knowledge of 2020? I'm fucking ready. Oh, I love it. Well, it's very fitting um, for the you know, the winters that we've had so far, which in the East Coast has not actually been uh, too terrible. Very bad. It's it's been pretty pretty mild as far as winters are concerned. But this card, it's cold as ice. It is a wall of ice. Wall of ice. Um, pretty sure that's uh, fuck. Uh, one blue, blue. Is that your final answer, Matt? It's either that or is it the ice? No. It's not your final answer. No, this one. Twenty twenty, the year of Matt being unsure of himself. I no, love this, this. This is old. What an auspicious start. This is from uh, the OG. Ooh, is it? Yeah. Oh well, I don't think is it existed back in the old times. So. You're probably wrong with that. I think this is two and a green. It's an 06. 
Oh, you 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 sure about that? You dummy. Yeah, because it's yeah. I thought it was blue. I was thinking of the the one blue blue oh five hex proof or whatever when it blocks this thing doesn't untap. This is old. Wall of Frostbud. Yeah, this is that's close. It this, is. They're they're both very cold. Yeah, this is. I'm pretty sure this is two in the green. Well, it is two in a green, and it is an O seven defender. Oh, I thought it was six. That's all it. But you did get it. You. It is definitely from Alpha Beta. Uh, you know, unlimited all that shit. I almost um, fucked that one up. You almost did. That would have been a electric start to the year. That would have been missing bad. the very first card. Fucking beta with cards. confidence too, just missing it completely. Yeah, it was close. I heard the excitement in your voice when you're like, "Is that your final answer?" Like, God, God damn it! I totally gave it away. I was so excited. <laughs> oh fuck! That was close. That was a close end. Well, the next one is Gorilla Berserk. Gorilla Berserk. Yeah, 2020 is the year of obscure things on accumulated knowledge. Which I love. Give me more. I don't know if I want to use a hint on this. Oh, that's a bold Tragicon. It's either green or red. That's very intuitive of you. There are both green and red gorillas, so... Oh, look at you using your brain, your noodle. Well, Gorilla Shaman's red. There's, I guess, Curd Ape is an ape, not a gorilla. Oh. There's the 3-4 Echo one for two and a green. But what's this one? This is Gorilla Berserker. Two green, green, finally. Send it. Ooh, so close. Is it red? It is three green, green. This is old. This has multiple. I think it does, yes. It has the A and the B art from Alliance. Yes, so Gorilla Berserkers is three green, green for a two, three. It has Trample and Rampage 2. And Gorilla Berserkers can't be blocked except by three... Or more creatures. So Rampage is an old, old thing. Yeah, um, Rampage is whenever this so, creature becomes blocked, it gets a plus two, plus two until the end of turn for each creature blocking it. Beyond the first. Beyond one. the first. It doesn't, yes, beyond the first. So it would get plus four, plus four if it can't be blocked by three creatures or yeah, by fewer than. So this guy turns into a big boy. Yeah. Fuck. All right. Give me the third one. I love it. So this one is Expedition Raptor. Oh, this is a good one, too. I like this one. This is from Oath of the Gatewatch. Uh, this is uh, the white support. Is it? Yeah. No, it's white, not is it. <laughs> well, what is it, then? Pretty sure this thing's three white, white. Final answer. I actually know it is, because I remember, because support is fucking awesome. Support is a very powerful mechanic, and this card is indeed three white, white. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, uh, support, Raptors, support three two. white, white, for a 2-2 flying bird creature um and whenever it enters the battlefield you support two yeah i knew That's, that one i've you got I've that one both of the gate so you need to finish out these next two strong bud but i think the next one you might have it is desolation twin pretty sure it's 10 mana Ooh, is that your final answer yeah i'm pretty sure this is the 10 mana that it makes it's just the tail drowsy that's just 10 10 and then you get a 10 10 when it comes in for 10 oh are you so you're saying you get 20 power and 20 toughness yeah 20 20 for 10 boom send it is that that's your answer send it it is 2020 indeed yeah you're 100 yeah, right it's 10 this mana. was like the worst aldrazi yep whenever you cast this guy uh you get a 10 10 aldrazi creature token so yeah 2020 look at that scryfall it's like it knows that's the, i got two fucking hints on the last one you better make scryfall it a good Scryfall one. is sentient i'm pretty sure that's i have cool. to get this too fuck two hints i should be able to get this bitch Okay, well, I th this one's an interesting one, and I don't know. You might need the hints, and I don't know if it'll help. Eh, it'll probably help. 
Um, it's Pygmy Razorback. Oh, uh, I want to say this is two and a green. Wow, you want to give me the set? Uh, yes, I do, actually. It's the same set as the enchantment that you draw a card. Are you talking oh, about, like, Rustic uh, Sunny? Yeah, that one. So is that your final answer, two and a green? No. This is either a three-two trample for three or a two-one trample for two. Well, which one is it? I remember this thing because Kev bought boxes of this thing, and I said, hey, I'm going to steal these because he had, like, 300 of them. All right, and you just needed a play set. Yeah. So the money is on the line, bud. Uh, which one is it? Give me a hint. Which hint do you want? Power toughness. It is a 2-1. Pretty sure it's a 1 and a green. That hint was a dead fucking giveaway, too. I knew it was either 3-2 three, for 3 or 2-1 two, for 2, and it had trample either way. You dirty, dirty fuck you. Oh, I can't believe it. I was fucked up on the wall of ice. That would have got me. Oh, that would have been was, so good. Because I wasn't getting the fucking gorillas. See, I, was I close, would have been but... so happy with that if what, you would have missed, missed that. Oh, the wall of ice? Yes. That would have been, been a highlight of my year. 2020. A literally highlight of my year one, one day into it. <laughs> that would have been so good. Wow, dude. I can't believe you did it. I'm very proud. I'm proud of your accomplishments in 2020 so far. Me too. I'm a winner. You're honest. You honestly have already exceeded my uh, my expectations for you this year. <laughs> yeah, so, hey, someone's got to do it. And you you did do it indeed. So, dude, that means uh, you are now the proud owner of the uh, the shout out this week. Aren't I pretty much always when I'm up? Um, yeah, most of the time. So, uh, who do you, who do you got this week, Buck? So, I want to shout out the Legacy Pit. They are dudes who only fucking play Legacy. They build Legacy decks, and then they just smash each other in Legacy. Yeah, which I love. Yeah, I've watched them on Twitch a couple times. Um, they're the ones who almost got me to play Mono Black Pox. Oh, I love that. In Legacy. Yeah, I've definitely watched watched these folks uh, a good handful of times. And they're from Maryland, so shout out to Maryland. Um, yeah, they're fucking dope. Yeah, especially... Like, they really picked it up once everyone was like, hey, fuck Legacy. We're not doing Legacy. Anymore. Yeah, especially when, like, uh, like SEG announced that they were going to stop producing Legacy uh, or stop having Legacy tournaments. Uh, Legacy Pit was just like, okay, well, we need to continue. So let's let's make 2020 the year of Legacy. Uh, the, at least the year it doesn't die. That'd be nice. Um, and let's support. Yeah, let's support the Legacy Pit. I don't think Legacy will ever die. You're right, because there's people like me who just refuse to let it die. Just with how hardcore legacy players are about legacy. Yeah, if if there is anything I would define legacy players as, it is relentless. Hardcore. Yeah, we are hardcore as fuck. But uh so if you would like to follow the legacy pit on Twitter, you can go to at the legacy pit. And you can also find them on YouTube at the Legacy Pit. And they're also on Twitch at the or at Legacy Pit. So uh yeah, go check them out. And they in Legacy, when or yeah, in Legacy, duh, whenever they're playing on Twitch, they're playing paper Legacy. They're not Which playing so like cool. online. Yeah, yeah, like they they have like thirty some odd decks like built and just ready to fucking rumble. Yeah, it's so sick, and it's cool to be able to watch. And they do a good job of like explaining what's going on too, even to people who are like not super familiar with Legacy. Like it's not slow paced games, but they do make sure that it, they are explaining kind of what's going on as they're going through yes so good shit for keeping legacy alive boys fuck yeah 2020 year legacy doesn't die and it's also the year that fetch and shock doesn't die so if you want to keep up with the very alive fetch and shock podcast 
you can go to Twitter at fetch underscore shock. And if you want to follow me, Tyler, on Twitter, you can find me at basic land bin. And if you want to follow Matt, he is at it's Bob. Super simple. Look at that. 2020, the year of you following us on Twitter, you fucking scrubs. I know you're out there and listening and not following us. Do it. <laughs> 2020, you're threatening our, our listeners. <laughs> you you do, you listeners. <laughs> yeah, Matt's going to turn to the supportive one, and I'm going to turn to the aggressive one. I told you, 2020, you're negativity. You did say that. Wouldn't negativity be like me like just saying, like, no, fuck you, don't follow us. Just quit the podcast. <laughs> hey, fuck be... all you, and then never do it again. I'm actually <laughs> really excited to do the episode where we don't talk about magic at all. And we just bullshit for two hours. That is literally just going to be a normal phone call between you and I. (laughs) That one will get like 5,000 views just out of nowhere. Thank God these fucking nerds aren't talking about Magic Gathering anymore. (laughs) It's just friggin' dipshits. It's going to be us getting drunk and insulting each other. (laughs) It's normally what we do anyway. Fuck yeah, I'm looking forward to April already. Let's get most of this year. Let's get a quarter of this year done with. Let's get to that episode as fast as we can. Or we could just throw it in a random spot. Oh, you'll never know. Listeners, you'll never know. So you're going to have to come back every single week to figure it out. Figure it out. Fucking figure it out, bye. Well, dude, um, I would say I would talk to you next week, but uh, I'm going to see you in, in less than 24 hours. Yeah. Lucky you. Maybe not less than 24 hours, depending on what time I get off work. Well, uh, it's all play by ear. Like, we do anything yeah, planned yeah. anyway. True. I was more more or less just kind of just guesstimating regardless. But while Pretty our, close while to our 24 hours out, though. We're going to figure it out. Yeah. So regardless of when I figure it out, I have a good idea of when we're going to see these these nerds that are listening and it's next week. So in typical fetch and shock fashion, we will see you next week. Nerds. Aggressive. Peace. <laughs> I was just waiting motherfucker. <laughs> Come at me. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Nerds, it's over.